This is the New York Sports Minute with your host, Morgan Eck. What's up, everyone? It is Friday, February 24th. Happy Friday. Happy weekend. Congratulations. You made it to another weekend. Welcome to another episode of the New York Sports Minute. Super excited for today's episode as we have an awesome guest and a lot of content to get through. Um, but we're sort of at a weird inflection point of the New York sports calendar. You know, the Nets and Knicks and the rest of the NBA have been fully off all week with the All-Star break, and they resume play tonight. The Knicks take on the Wizards, the Nets take on the Bulls. The Jets and Giants are also quiet right now, and although there have been some rumors about Aaron Rodgers just getting out of his ayahuasca retreat, Daniel Jones asking for $45 million a year, which tells me he was probably on that retreat with Aaron Rodgers, but... The big news, or I guess I should say really the big milestone of the week, is that the Mets and the Yankees officially started spring training, and we are now just 34 days away from opening day. And so for this episode, since we don't have a lot of NBA content to talk about or NFL, what I want to do is switch gears and actually start breaking down the baseball seasons coming up. And so what I want to do today is first start off with the Mets. We're going to break down the Mets season, and more importantly, I've also invited on Frank the Tank from Barstool Sports, Frank Fleming, to come on and give us his thoughts and his perspective on why this could, or maybe this will be the same old Mets season. And then what we'll do in the upcoming weeks is I'll do something similar with the Yankees fans, and we'll do a Yankees preview as we get closer to that opening day deadline of March 30th. So with that, I'm very excited. Let's get into Mets content. Let's get into that Frank interview, and let's jump right in. All right. So first, before we get into the interview, I want to set the stage a little bit, right? I know I'm speaking to Mets fans, but I'm also speaking to Yankees fans and just general sports fans in general. And heading into this baseball season, it's important to think about that there are two Mets fans out there. The first is the very optimistic fan. I am in that boat. I think more and more Mets fans are in that boat. They're optimistic that things have finally changed and that this is the season where things are going to be fully different. But then we also have the negative Mets fan, the negative fan who thinks no matter what we do, we will always have the same pain and misery associated with being a classic New York Mets fan. So what I want to do today is break down those two paradigms and bring that to the listener. I'll give my positive spin on things and spend a few minutes explaining why I'm very positive about this Mets team and this Mets season. But then I'll also invite on Frank, Frank the Tank, who's going to give us more of that I don't want to say negative, but I would say maybe more of a pessimistic side of why he's just convinced that the curse is real and that we're never going to make it to the promised land. And, you know, I can't blame him, right? You know, in just the last, I don't know, 17 years or so, 2006, we lost that heartbreaker series to the Cardinals. 2007, 2008 were legendary playoff collapses. 2009 to 14 was just riddled with horrendous seasons and debilitating injuries. And 2015 was a massive failure to the Royals in the World Series. And Frankly, last year was a total failure um, when we think about what this team could have done in the playoffs after losing in the first round to the Padres. So I get Frank's perspective. I get the pessimism. So let's talk a little bit today on why I'm optimistic, and then we'll we'll transition into that interview. Why am I excited? Um, Let's be honest. The Mets are coming off one of the best regular seasons in franchise history. Last year in the 2022 campaign, they won 101 games for just the third time in franchise history. Yes, we lost a heartbreaking playoff series to a great team in the San Diego Padres. And yes, when you look back at last year, you're going to say it grossly uh, underperformed what this team could have done. But overall, 
the team won 101 games. The team was one of the best teams in the MLB, and we got cold at the wrong time. I always said I felt like we were in a playoff race starting in July when we were neck and neck with the Braves seemingly for the last three, four months of the year. We got injuries towards the end with guys like Starling Marte hurt. I thought Max Scherzer was hurt towards the end as well, which kind of led to this, his lack of production. We just got cold at the wrong time, and we played the team that, frankly, was one of the hottest in the league at the wrong time, too. So I know the team didn't do as well last year, but overall, you still have to be confident that they won 101 wins. And we didn't really stop there. You know, Steve Cohen committed to make this team better and better, committed to raising the bar. And now we're at the point where the Mets payroll is the most in the league. The Mets payroll is $355 million. And in second place, across town, across the Bronx, is the Yankees at $272 million. Let me say that again. The Mets payroll is the number one in the league by $83 million a year. Like that's such a different look than what we've have seen in the last, you know, 30, 40 years. So the fact that we have an owner just shows that we are ready to continue to press the envelope and continue to make try to make the World Series. And he put his money where his mouth is. I thought he made fantastic signings. I mean, people are talking about losing to Grom like it's the end of the world. We added Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander won the AL Cy Young last year. And do I need to remind people that he went 18-4 and four with a 1.75 ERA and he won the World Series. We're replacing Jacob deGrom, who started, I believe, what, nine games, ten games last year, with a guy who started over 20 games, with a guy who won the Cy Young, with a guy who's now won multiple World Series championships. I will happily make that trade any day of the week versus deGrom, who, by the way, already has an injury in Texas camp and it's been three days of spring training. We also use Steve Cohen's money to add what I believe is the biggest X factor on this team, which is Kode Senga. Kode Senga is a Japanese pitcher. He has a legitimate chance to be an ace of the future of this team with his very infamous ghost forkball. And we also bolstered, bolstered our bullpen with guys like David Robertson and Brooks Raley to contribute to what is a already really strong bullpen with guys like Edwin Diaz and Adam Onovino. And best of all, we retained pretty much everyone. Well, Everyone minus one key guy, which we'll get into. But we retained everyone with guys like Brandon Nimmo coming back on a monster contract. Adam Ottavino coming back to be one of the big names in the bullpen. And then, of course, we, you know, the first move we made was making sure Edwin Diaz, the best relief pitcher in baseball, stayed here in Queens for the rest of his career. And so this team, in my mind, is essentially the same as it was last year with those 101 wins, except we're replacing a very hurt Jacob deGrom and a very up-and-down Taiwan Walker with the AL Cy Young winner in Justin Verlander, with a legitimate ace threat with Kode Senga, and we added more pieces to a bullpen that's already really damn good. Oh, and by the way, we also have a team that is going to be infused with young talent. You know, this is the year where I fully expect guys like Francisco Alvarez, who's the Mets' top prospect, to have a legitimate threat in that bets, uh, in that Mets uh, batting lineup. This is the year where I expect Brett Beatty, one of our top prospects to take over that full-time third base position and also have a key bat in that lineup. And we also have guys like Vientos and Ronnie Mauricio waiting the wings who could have a bit big opportunity here in later in the year. And so from my perspective, you know, we'll get into the, the pessimistic tank side, but from my perspective, there's no reason why Mets fans can't be excited. This team is built for the playoffs. This team has probably the best rotation in baseball and arguably the best bullpen. And I see no reason why Mets fans shouldn't be excited as we head into March. Now, I will say there are two things that I think are very critical to this team's success. 
Um, you know, we'll talk about this throughout the year, but the first thing to me is can this Mets pitching staff stay healthy? You know, it's no secret that the top two guys on our Mets pitching staff are over 38 years old. You know, Justin Verlander's just turned 40 years old. He missed the 2021 season, which is two seasons ago now, with an entire season, entire season due to injury. Um, last year, he started 28 games. It was one of the lower points of his career, uh, lower starting points of his career, but he was also coming off injury, and I think the Astros are playing it very safe with him. And, you know, I think he should be able to rebound nicely after last year. And then Max Scherzer, he's not much younger. He's 38 years old. And last year, he only started 23 games. And if we're being totally honest, he did look pretty pretty fatigued as we got into the playoffs against the Padres. And then the one thing that we probably won't talk about as much, but it's legit, is, you know, Kode Senga, coming from Japan, only pitched 23 games last year in 140 innings against lineups that were significantly worse than what he's going to be facing in the MLB. And so his stamina and, and how long he can last throughout the year is going to be a question as well. So that to me is kind of the first area of the X factor that I'm going to be watching and concerned about is obviously the health, and that's for really any sports team. But then the second true X factor to me is is that DH position. You know, who is going to sit behind Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso to provide that true DH power that we so desperately need and that we probably didn't see in the Padres series? You know, we have guys like Daniel Vogelbach, who looks great. He lost 30 pounds in the offseason, so I'm expecting him to have a big role. I think Eduardo Escobar is going to slide into the DH a lot, and I, we saw him really resurge himself in the last couple months of the year. And then we also have these young guys like Alvarez and Beatty who are chomping at the bit to get more at-bats. You know, my guess is that actually Brett Beatty takes over as the everyday third baseman early in the season, and then that leads to Escobar and Vogelback splitting up the DH duty. But we'll see. You know, I don't think Alvarez will start out of camp, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a push early. You know, we saw him get his first home run in the last game of the year against the Nationals last year. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, they do have options unlike previous years. And, you know, of course, we always have the ability to make a trade and take on more salary like we would have with Carlos Correa. So, you know, all in all, I overall feel very positive about this team. You know, we'll spend a lot more time over the next six months getting into the details, getting into everything that goes into being a Mets fan. But I wanted to give my positive spin. I now want to transition into probably the more negative, maybe the more realistic, the pessimistic spin. And that is the interview with Frank the Tank from Barstool. Um, for those who don't know, Frank is a very funny content creator. He is a diehard Mets fan, along with some other sports teams here in New York. Um, Frank was very nice to come on the podcast and share his perspective on why he's a little bit more realistic heading into the season. Um, so excited for this interview. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, feel free to follow and subscribe on any of your typical podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc. Also give me a follow on Twitter at NY Sportsman to follow along throughout the week. But without further ado, let's get into Frank's interview. Hey, taxi. All righty. Very excited to have on the show. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite uh, content creators, that is Frank the Tank from Barstool Sports. Frank, how are you doing today? Uh, all right. Busy, crazy. Uh, uh, Devils have four home games this week, so I've been going uh, to Devil games all week. Got another yeah. Devils game tonight. Uh, just went by the MLB store, saw the uh, WBC trophy. Yeah, it's a it's a busy time to be a sports fan, especially with your Devils playing the way they are. You know, we haven't covered them too much on the show, but you got to be pretty excited right now. Yeah, well, Tuesday was their worst performance of the year. Uh, there's like a, uh, a a virus going through the team right now, and hopefully they could bounce back tonight. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. We still got a few more months until the playoff push, but I feel like the city is now awakening to hockey with the Rangers playing well, the Devils playing well. It's getting it's getting pretty fun. I don't know. He's in city. We're playing the first round. That would be wild. That would be wild. That hasn't happened since. I'm trying to think the last time these two met in the playoffs, but it would be pretty. It would uh, be pretty nutty. Twelve Eastern Conference Finals. There you go. That's last time. So it'll be it'll be exciting, but. You know, Frank, I'm excited for you to join the show today. We'll we'll table the devil stuff. You know, I wanted to have you on to really get into more Mets talk, get into baseball. You know, I'd be curious for you. Spring training started this week. I think the first game is actually tomorrow. You know, when does baseball season officially start for you? Are you someone that follows it during spring training or are you uh don't wake me up till opening day kind of guy? Uh, I glance over at the beginning of spring training and by the, yeah, by the middle of spring training, I'm ready for the season to start. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know about you, I'm a diehard Mets fan too, and I feel like I need all the time off I can get because come the season starts, my heart is too invested in this team and every single night. So having an extra month here is... The baseball classic this year, mucking things up. I know. How do you, what what are your thoughts on the WBC? I wish they played it in November. Mm -hmm. Especially in a year where we have so many guys playing, you know, I was glad to see Nimmo isn't playing, but guys like Alonzo, it just, it makes me nervous. Not only that... There's rule changes that teams have to adjust to, and just putting them, uh, doing those rule changes while uh, not having a full normal spring training is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So I've never got it. It sort of reminds me of the World Cup this uh, last fall, played in the middle of the Premier League season. It, it just feels like there's too many risks that could happen. But listen, these guys want to play, so who are we to judge, right? Um, I'd be curious though, Frank, you know, last year was, I think you and I would both agree a letdown for the Mets. They won 101 games. We ultimately got ousted in the first weekend of the year or in the playoffs against the Padres. Where are your emotions right now? Are you excited about this year of the Mets? Are you pessimistic? What is, what is going I through feel Frank's something mind? bad is going to happen in a world baseball classic and we're going to have Darren Ruff playing every day and it's just going to be a disaster. <laughs> what's, what do you think is bad? Like what is like when you go to bed at night, what's the worst nightmare that you think could happen? <laughs> Uh, 20 Mets starting the season on the injured list and uh, uh, Buster only and uh, Scott Van Pelt both uh, singing Hurt So Good. <laughs> well, my my hope is that I don't care who wins the World Baseball Classic. I hope all of our teams get eliminated early so there's just less guys on the Mets even playing because the success to me is they're all healthy by April 1st. But to your point, I feel like that'd be very anti-Met for that to happen. I mean, I'm tired of the World Baseball Classic. Just, it just, just, just not. I don't want it in spring training. These players are are ramping up. They don't need to be in a competition for fucking uh, national pride when they're supposed to be uh, taking it slow and building up slowly. I agree. I mean, uh, I saw Senga posted he's not playing for Japan, and that's because he wants to get acclimated with the team. And listen, I get it, but it would be great if everyone was like him. But now we just got to be fingers crossed that these guys lose early and and come back healthy. Right? That's kind of the main concern. <laughs> Yep. But overall, you know, you got to be pretty, you know, after the World Baseball Classic, assuming we can stay pretty healthy, you know, what are your expectations going into this year? Like, are you, is this a World Series or bus size year for you? No, it has to be. With the the roster and talent they have, it has to be. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, you're looking at the offseason, Justin Verlander coming in, Sanga coming in, Robertson coming in, and then also retaining guys like Nimmo and Diaz. You know, do you feel this roster compared to last year is in a better chance to win the World Series? We obviously lost to Grom. No, but... no, they they haven't addressed the the DH issue. Mm, good point. Who, if you were the GM, you if you were... every day, da, 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 every day, Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff is Darren Ruff is, is not only bad. The batter that bats in front in front of him 
is shitless in his last 78 at bats. And uh, Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso will have zero RBIs because Dan Ruff will be batting behind him. <laughs> I hope Darren. not, man. I hope not. I hope Vogelback is in there. I hope maybe one of the young kids is able to get some DH. Maybe your guy easy out. Darren Ruff. He will have he will hit in more double plays. He will drop more fly balls than he catches. He will not, have man. more errors than putouts at first base. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe he gets straight, maybe he gets hurt. I saw he has a wrist injury, so maybe I saw he's battling arthritis in his wrist. So only way is to play every day, every inning, every game. I guess we'll see. I'd be curious, Frank, who was your favorite acquisition this offseason? Like, what was the one that got you the most excited? It would have been Correa. What are your thoughts on that? It just shows you that the Mets just every every time that you think that something good's gonna happen, it just blows up in your face. Yeah, I know. I was bummed to see that too. I I mean, partially, you know, part of me is happy, Frank, and that uh listen, if they avoided a massive injury, that's great. Um, you know, I totally get it, but he showed up to twin camp. He said his ankle has never been healthier, and he's uh He's now uh, the fastest player in baseball. He ran a, a 40 second, uh, a 40 yard dash in one second. <laughs> he, well, he, uh, he goes from first uh, home to first in 0.2 seconds. Wow. Well, at least he's on the twins and not on like the Phillies or something. I'll take that. At least we don't have to really play him except for a couple times a year now. And so uh, I'll speaking take of uh, speaking of spring training, uh, Dom Smith is hitting moonshots in uh, Nationals camp. Did you see what number Dom Smith's wearing right now? Yes. Well, he's rocking Juan Soto's number 22, which I thought was pretty shocking given Juan Soto won them a World Series just not too long ago. The fact that they gave him Dom Smith's number was pretty wild. But what were your what were your thoughts on the ground? Well, when Dom Smith first came up yeah. at the Mets, he was 22. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot of guys going to some of our rivals. So I'm, I'm interested. That never really works out well for us, but we'll see. Um, what was your. Dom uh, Smith will hit. Dom Smith will hit. Uh, will will hit 900. And uh, have uh, 12 home runs in the games against the Mets this year. Oh man, you're you're. I feel like you're uh, you're not too optimistic this year. I feel like with all these moves, you're you're not you're not feeling the good juju. There, there's no such thing as good juju. It's always bad. Nothing. It, 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 there's no such thing as positive vibe. Only negative. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I feel partially positive, but I do get the negative side. I, you know, one of the questions I want to ask you, Frank, was. I, you know, I've been following you for a long time. You've mentioned sort of like the Fleming curse, right? And you mentioned that you feel that you're cursed. I'd be curious, like, you know, when, when was sort of that first memory of you becoming a Mets fan? And what was that first kind of memory of you seeing that Mets heartbreak? Uh, 1985. Walk me through it. What was, what, what goes through your mind when you think of 1985? That uh, Dallas Strawberry missed six weeks. And during that six week period, the Mets were like, uh, were like, uh, Couple of games below 500, went from first base, first place to third place, and the rest of the season battled the Cardinals and ended up falling a couple of games short of the division, despite winning 98 games. Man, and then 1986. Were you? Uh, what's your story for 86? You know, I'd be curious. Were you there, or do you have any memories of watching the team? You know, yeah, that I do. Uh, although I had to go to bed and miss the World Series. You missed the World Series? Yes, my father. I had my bedtime was 9:30. I couldn't go. Stay up. Oh no! So you went to bed in what inning? Like the sixth inning or seventh inning, something like that. Yeah, something like that. 
Oh man. So you went to bed thinking they lost. You're like, this is yep. over. This is done. Yeah. This isn't going to happen. And he did, and he did it for California. You know, they, uh, they want to start making all start times at uh, nine 30. So people from California get home from work. My God, that's brutal. Do you, what? I'd be curious what you're from New Jersey, right? You're originally from like, uh, from New Jersey. Yeah. I've lived in New Jersey most of my life. What, uh, what made you become a Mets fan? You know, what, what made you uh, pick the Mets over the Yankees? Well, basically, because right around the time I was nine, uh, Dwight Gooden was dominating. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like they were the team back in the 80s. People don't talk about that, too. And that's why I think there's so many young Mets fans now is people who were born in the 80s love the Mets. They then had kids who are now big Mets fans. It's like a, it's a decade type thing, right? Yep. Um, no, that that's funny, man. What are what are some of the other memories that you have over the years? I was just kind of going through my idea of just like some of the worst you know, blown type Mets performances, you know, obviously a bunch of uh, games Mike in 2015. Chocha, uh, in game 40 NLCS, 1990, 1988. Uh, Randy Myers should have been in the game, not Dwight Gooden, who had 145 pitches at that point. Um, uh, Greg Jeffries uh, being a total bust. Uh, trading uh, Lenny Dykstra and Roger McDowell for Juan Samuel who mm-hmm. was probably one of the worst players ever to wear a Mets uniform. Uh, uh, Vince Coleman, that whole escapade. Uh, the worst team money you can buy, Bobby Bonilla. Uh, embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. Uh, Kenny Rogers walking in the uh, winning run, Generation K imploding. Uh, Dallas Green uh, telling Paul Wilson, stop being a pussy. Uh, go out there and uh, pitch uh, when he had 170 pitches and uh, – in a run-run game in uh, on a cold day in uh, Wrigley Field, and uh, his shoulder uh, ended up being uh, being uh, uh, turned into to uh, grape jelly after that. Um, uh, let's see, um, uh, Kenny Rogers walking in the uh, winning run. Uh, uh, Luis uh, Soho with a nine thousand bouncer up the middle. French. Robbie Alomar completely forgetting how to play baseball. Uh, yeah. Mo Vaughn uh, being unable to pick up and uh, tie his shoes. Uh, Pedro Martinez uh, getting burnt out in uh, 2006. Um, uh, 2006 NLCS, Carlos Beltran uh, watching the bus go by. Uh, 2007, yeah. 2007 collapse, 2008 collapse, 2009 uh, the Mets uh, city field uh, the, uh, dimensions are uh, so bad that the players begin to have like uh, go into like uh, mental breakdowns because uh, any any fly ball that's hit hard is caught. Um, uh, not only is the wall high, it's it not only is the wall far, it's high. And uh, they had a team that was a power hitting in the gap and completely didn't build a team around it. Uh, the um, the fact that Bernie Madoff, uh, met Simon Bill's partner, they couldn't sign any more players, uh, went on a cheap, signed Jason Bay, who just was even worse than I thought he would be, and I thought he would suck. Um, well, this goes on and on. That was 10, that uh, was 10 Lucas, minutes of Frank. It was here. Lucas, Duda, Lucas Duda's at Adventures at First Base in the 2015 World Series. Uh, Jerry Familia sucking against the Royals. The Royal stealing bases at will. Uh, Matt Harvey uh, 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 just basically uh, just 
cra- just like uh, uh, just falling apart when you're supposed to be the greatest. He uh, he went from Batman to uh, Harvey Two Face, uh, Noah Syndergaard breaking down, uh, Jacob Degrom leaving, uh, da, 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 the Wilpons, the Wilpons, the Wilpons, um, being told that uh, Zach Wheeler is not good, that uh, it's 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 more important to get two players and uh, Porcello and uh, Waka. Um, yeah. the uh, tenure of Brody Van Wagenen, uh, Mickey Calloway, uh, uh, trading uh, Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez, who just strikes out uh, everything. Yeah, the, uh, the list goes on Aaron and on. Ruff, uh, last Aaron Ruff, year, uh, yeah, unable to hit you, Darvish, show Musgrove and his uh, shiny ears. <laughs> yeah, I uh, there's a lot in there. And first off, Frank, that's impressive. You're the almanac of, of Mets misery. So if anyone not wants to remind it of their worst summers, just call Frank and he'll remind you, right? I, I'm the opposite. I block those moments out of my mind. But, you know, it's Frank. It's funny when we talk about childhoods, you mentioned your first memories are generally pretty good. It's 1986, 85. Obviously, there was some misery there, but overall, it was a great team. My first memories are 2006, I was 12 years old, and that was when I had the best moment of my life with Andy Chavez, and then the worst moment of my life about 20 minutes later with Beltran being frozen. And then I, I mean, remember- Can someone explain to me how the Mets don't win after that Andy Chavez catch? I don't know. Still to this uh, day, I don't know. I, you know who I blame more than Beltran? Valentin. He came up the next inning with uh, runs in scoring position and fucked it up. Yeah, they had all the momentum after the Andy Chavez catch. I know the it's, it's score, amazing that God gave them a that inning. If the Mets score one run that inning, it's over. Yeah, it's over. I mean, it's that game, and honestly, the 2015. I was going through it again. I mean, people forget Game One of the World Series in 2015. They were actually up in the ninth inning, and Alex Gordon hit that game tying home run to then lose in the 14th inning, which sort of just like at that point, I think every Mets fan knew the world series was sort of over in, in reality, but between that and game four, the ball under Murphy's glove, those two moments are like seared into my brain. And so uh, I mean the, uh, the meatball familiar threw up. He was, he was doing that quick pitch and, he, and it was working, but the Royals actually knew it was coming and he just boom. Gone, gone in a second. So it was just, Misery, misery, misery. You know, I think I and some fans are optimistic. You and some fans are pessimistic. I think this year, you know, I'm hoping we finally break the curse. H- have you ever thought about what you would do to sacrifice to break the curse? Is there anything that's ever thought in your mind? Like, I got to do something to kind of I don't know. Years? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Have you ever tried not watching the games? Does that help when you don't watch? Do you find they do better or worse? No. I think um, one idea I had, and I think Steve Conis flowed this around, is I think to me, the antithesis or the, you know, the symbol of the curse is Bobby Bonilla. So I think if they bring him out on center field with a big check every year and give him his kind of Bobby Bonilla day, that could reverse some of the juju. I'm all for that. I'm actually all for doing that. Might as well make it for me to have fun with it. I agree. Um, But I think this could be our year. I think this could be our year where we finally reverse it. But, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, Frank, beyond just the team is you also go to the city field a lot, right? Are you a season ticket holder? I got the 20 game plan. Gotcha. Okay. So you go, are you going to opening day? Do you go to the first game of the year or do you go yes, in the yes. summertime? Gotcha. Okay. I would be curious just as an avid city fan person, what is or a city field person? What is the number one place to get food at city field? You're a massive foodie. Whereas someone like me, where, where are you telling them to get food? If you're going to city field? Uh, my favorite place is the Pat Lafrida steak. Oh yeah. That place has always got a line though. It is money. Yes. What, 
what um I actually love, you know, for me, my main go-to has been I love the uh the it's not cat's deli, but I love the pastrami sandwiches. I yeah, that's the, another good thing. That's another good thing. And because that one is underrated because there's never really much of a line there. So there's always a big line for Fat Lafrida. So you can get a pretty good roast beef sandwich or pastrami well, sandwich. Well, uh, I when I get a pastrami sandwich, I typically get it in the Piazza Club. Oh, nice. You got and the good seats. That one guy that's cutting all the pastrami sandwiches. He must be doing that in his sleep by all the sandwiches he's cutting. Oh, my God. And it's just pastrami, bread, and mustard. But there's kind of no, nothing better on a summer day having a pastrami sandwich, watching the Mets. It's just something about it hits different when you're at the city. You know, I had it? a pastrami sandwich at uh, Prudential Center the other day, and uh, it was $25 in average. What? And it, was not on, it, was not on, it was not even on rye. It was on, like, a hard roll. That's disgusting. What, what's, uh, what's better, city field uh, food or Prudential? Oh, City Field by far. I think City Field might be the best overall food I've ever seen at any stadium. All right. Then I got a question for you. This is a hypothetical. I'm going to put you on the spot, but I feel like you're you're a fast thinker for this. If they approached you asking to open a food stand in City, what would you want the food to be serving? You know, I might do the uh, the Rippers the, or the Italian style hot dogs. Ooh, educate the viewers what the difference is between an Italian style hot dog versus a classic Nathan's hot dog. Well, the Italian hot dog is served on uh, something called pizza bread. What's pizza bread? It typically, it's, it's, it's made out of pizza dough and yep. turned into a round bread. Wow. What's the, what's the taste difference? Is it that noticeable? No, not really. It's just it's a type of bread. And, it, and you put a pocket in it. And what you do is... You fry up two hot dogs with potatoes, peppers, and onions. And you put it all on the uh, the pizza bread, and you serve that up. Wow. That sounds it's pretty a, money. It's a specialty in uh, New Jersey. It was invented by Jimmy Buff. They have uh, That was the first place. The best place, I believe, is uh, called Dickie D's in Newark. And uh, they actually had Italian hot dogs for a couple of years at Prudential Center. But then they stopped selling it. All right. So Frank, we need to start promoting you. Frank's Italian hot dogs in City Field. You'll rack up all the sales next to Nathan's and, and Pat Lafrida's. I could see that being a hit. It sounds a little bit more like a kind of a blend between a hot dog and a hot sausage. Yep. That's funny, man. I mean, um, my concern with City has always been the pizza. I, I know they just got in new Patsy's pizza, but I feel like you can never get a good slice of pizza in, at City Field, given you're in the New York pizza capital of the world. So I think mine would be instituting a very good New York slice, but I don't know. I, I feel you like know I've the never problem had... is you're never going to get a good slice of pizza at a ballpark. Yeah. Never. Because it's never. all the next day. You got to heat it up. It's a, it's never fresh stuff. That's why you need certain things like steak and meat that's frozen that you can heat up the day yep. of, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, chicken tenders are always good. Uh, good go-to. Uh, the burgers are not too bad at City Field. Have you had the uh, the Pete, Pete Alonzo Polar Burger? That thing, I know it came out, I think, two years ago. And if, if you look, it's like the biggest cheeseburger you can ever find. But Yeah, I usually just go with the plain burger. He puts too much stuff on it. Yeah, especially if you've got like a drink, you got your there with someone else, it's going to get all over you. It's just, it's also the kind of burger yeah. that would put you to sleep. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious, you know, Frank, when you go to games, do you usually go alone or do you have someone you split the ticket with? Who do you, uh, do you sometimes I go with people, but usually I go alone. Yeah. Do you find it's just more, <laughs> uh, you can focus more and it's almost like watching on TV, but being there kind of thing. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, uh, but, uh, if I have t- extra tickets available for most games, so I might start inviting people to go with me, uh, when I can't find anyone to go with me. My question for you then was going to be, 
if you had to go to a game with anyone, either celebrity, historical figure, dead or alive, you get to pick one person to come with you for one game. Who who's it going to be? Mm. First, uh, one uh, celebrity to go to a game with, or a historical figure could be anyone. Could be a you know historical whoever you'd figure. like. You know, Babe Ruth. Why not? Babe Ruth. I think Babe Ruth can eat more hot dogs than you too, if legend stands, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> that would be fun. I was thinking like Jerry Seinfeld. I feel like watching a Mets game with Jerry would be very fun. Like going yeah, with a celebrity, a, him and uh, I think Chris Rock is a Mets fan, isn't he? Yep. Yep. So that would be a lot of fun. But overall, I'm I'm just excited to have baseball back, man. I'm excited for for spring training to be alive. I know the WBC will be a little bit gut wrenching as guys that hopefully don't get hurt. Yeah, but, I, I, you know. I actually went to go see the WBC trophy today. What's how what is, is what is even I don't know what their trophy is. Is it like a big thing or yeah, it's fairly it's it, it's a it's a good size trophy. Uh it's actually gonna be on display today and tomorrow at the uh MLB store, flagship store on Sixth Avenue. So if you want to get down there, uh, are they like allowing people to take pictures and all that fun stuff? Oh, yeah, I got I took my picture with it. Nice. Do they have any athletes there? Like um any guys no, actually, no. I guess they're all in they Florida. Have but... it behind a rope. Interesting. I'm I'm excited. I mean, I can't even remember it's like it should be a fun event. It should be like the World Cup. Yeah, but I, just... I, I would I would enjoy it a lot better if it was in November. Yeah, if it was in the winter. And there's no reason it can't be. They re, there's no reason they can't put it in South America in November or December and let people have fun with it and, you know, or just do a bunch of younger kids, right? Just a lot of the older guys aren't playing, like, you know, Scherzer and Verlander aren't playing. Yeah, but... do it in November. Do it in November after the season so no one's seasons are it is potentially fucked up if anyone gets hurt. Do it after the World Series so it doesn't distract from the World Series. And you know they they every few years they go on that tour. The MLB All Stars go on that tour of Japan. Uh, a lot of the Latin American players go home and play in their home country for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So they play at that time of year anyway. I agree. They're all all of them are playing. They play all year round. No one really takes a day off in baseball. Unlike football, I get it, right? You need like six months off or whatever. But baseball, a lot of these guys. Uh, Ronald Acuna was. Playing in the like the little league in uh, down in the Caribbean a few weeks ago, right? These guys are always yeah, playing. Yeah. yeah, just play it, just play it instead of the, uh, having the Caribbean, having the World Baseball Classic, and uh, and they said, oh, we'll distract from football. No, don't play on Saturday and Sunday. I agree. Yeah. I think baseball fans would want to watch. Doesn't matter if football's on or not, and just don't do it Sunday at one o'clock, and you'd be fine. Do it Sunday mornings. That'd be amazing. They would get amazing viewers if they did it before football. But, you know, it yep. is what it is. Um, well, awesome, Frank. I appreciate you jumping on today. I know you're a very busy man, very busy schedule. My last question for you is this. You know, I know you're pessimistic about this Mets team. I'm sure you're very excited for the team to get going come end of March, and it's going to be a fun season. If you're Billy Epler or Steve Cohen, who's the one guy you think we need the trade deadline this year or over the next couple of months that would make this team, that would make you a believer? I'm not sure. I don't know who's available, but... Uh, they need another bat or they need one of the rookies to show that he can play. You think we need another power bat and that's the difference between us making the, you know, winning the world series or not. You think that's what it comes down to? Yes. I agree. I think Correa would have been that guy. I think I'm really hoping that Alvarez takes his step this year. I think Beatty has the opportunity to take his step. I don't think Vientos as much, but I think those two could really add that pop and, Listen, if they get that, then I think the sky's the limit for this team. I'll tell you one thing I, that uh, I've noticed is that looks uh, like Daniel Vogelback lost about 30 pounds. Yeah, he looks good. 
I thought he looked really good. Are you, I don't know, but are you excited after that? Or I feel like part of me is like, I like that he was uh, the overweight guy who was kind of, you know, when he got behind the ball, he hit a mile. I'm worried he won't be able to hit as far now. Well, we'll see. Uh, they, 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 they need a quality DH. They probably need another outfielder. Uh, a left-handed outfielder would be nice. Yeah, I know, but we'll see. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm, we're, I think everyone should be excited. Um, you know, t- Frank, we really appreciate you coming on the show today and, and talking Mets. I would say the one question is, where should fans follow you? Where do you like fans to generally follow you, either on Twitter or Instagram? Well, well go to my YouTube channel, Frank Tank Fleming. Frank also, you could uh, find me on uh, Twitter, NJTank99. Uh, Instagram, NJTank1975. Uh, and I'm on TikTok, Barstool Frank Tank. There you go. You're everywhere. And you're also host, hosting podcasts. That's right. I know you've been hosting Allow Me to Be Frank for a while. Yeah, right? Allow Me but, to Be Frank. Uh, you can check then, that out all over the place, too. Well, thanks, Frank. I appreciate your time, man. It was a pleasure meeting you. Um, and we look forward to a, to a great Mets season. All right. I'll see you around. Yeah. All right. See you, Frank. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you again, Frank, for coming on. Listen, I get his perspective. It's been a painful last 30 years for Mets fans. But what I will say is, you know, we didn't talk about it too much. I think the juju officially changed once Steve Cohen finally bought this team. I think Steve Cohen is going to deliver us a World Series, multiple World Series championships. I think he's going to bring us to the promised land. And I think maybe it's not this year, but coming up, we are going to win a World Series. And this year, I am as confident as I've ever been as a Mets fan. So with that, thanks, Tank, for coming on. I hope everyone has a great rest of your Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the NBA. The Knicks have a big weekend coming up. They're also honoring the 1973 NBA uh, champions on Saturday night against the Pelicans, so that'll be a fun night. And listen, folks, a couple days away, we're in March. All of a sudden, it's March Madness. All of a sudden, you know, we're talking golf. We're talking baseball. We're talking everything that goes with being in the warm months of New York, and I can't wait. So thanks, guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.